welcome to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Crew, a mom to twin girls, small town family doctor, and clarity coach for high achieving moms. Let's face it, motherhood is amazing, but it's only one part of who we are as women. I believe we all begin our motherhood journey as unique individuals with big, beautiful goals and dreams, yet too soon lose ourselves in the overwhelm and chaos that is being a mom. If you've got kids at your feet and a fire in your belly that tells you you're meant for more, I've got your back, sister. Each week on this show, I'll bring you tactical tools and expert strategies to help you quiet the chaos, master your mindset, and curate your life in support of your beautiful dreams in harmony with your motherhood journey. You were meant for more, and there's nothing wrong with that, mama. Let's make it happen. Okay, welcome back to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast. I cannot tell you how excited I am to have Sabrina Greer on with me. Sabrina is my own coach and just an OG boss mama, man. This mom has been a role model for me since the start of my business, and I've been so lucky to be coached by her in building my own business, and I'm really, really excited to have Sabrina on with me. So Sabrina Greer is the owner and founder of You've Got This Mama, which is both clarity coaching and a media and publishing company. She has been the publisher of four times best-selling books, a five-star rated podcast host, and is a busy mom of three young boys. She does all of this um, with an eight-month-old puppy and 12 eggling hens. Um, in her rural acreage in Ontario, which just blows my mind that she's able to do all of these things with probably that little of Wi-Fi, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> Sabrina's entrepreneurial journey began when she took her maternity leave from a 10-year corporate career and built a six-figure sales team for an MLM company in less than one year. With a taste of what being the architect of your own life looked like, she never looked back to corporate work and never will. Sabrina wears a million hats and I'm so excited to share her expertise and knowledge with our listeners on Mind Over Motherhood. Sabrina, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me and wow, what a warm welcome. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Hopefully I can live up to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know you will. So we chatted a little bit before this, but I would love to hear about your journey I just alluded to it, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey into entrepreneurship and what um, that looked like for you as a new mom. Are we allowed to swear in this? Yes, please. <laughs> no, I'm <yeah>. kidding. <laughs> I, I, can, I can use different words. I'm used to having to like bleep myself <laughs> with three kids, but it's been a gong show. Honestly, it's been a total, total SH show. And it, it always is right. And we always see like the Instagram version of somebody's business or life. And we, the Pinterest perfect, like, Oh, do this five steps to whatever. It never actually is that way. Mm -hmm. So I want to preface this whole conversation with that because you know, the moms who are maybe just diving into their entrepreneurial journey, or, you know, maybe they've been in business for a year or two years and it's not going the way they expected it to go. You know, this is the stuff that happens. Mm -hmm. I often compare entrepreneurship to motherhood. Mm -hmm. There's no instruction manual. Every single business, just like every single baby is different AF, <laughs> like mm -hmm. so wildly different. And 
you know, you have to adjust accordingly. You have to pivot. You have to like totally wing it and figure it out as you go. And I hope that can bring some solace to, to the moms of the world that are, you know, just jumping into the entrepreneurial world, because if you can do it with your babies, you can do it with your business. Yeah. I, I and, love you know, that it's, so it's much. the same kind of gone. <laughs> I love that yeah. so much. And I think, I mean, it was you that kind of drew that parallel for me between motherhood and entrepreneurship. And sometimes I think that, well, a lot of the times I think moms underestimate how much skill they have and how much experience they actually do have running mm-hmm. a business because a lot of the skills you need to run a business are the same ones you need to parent like crazy, unpredictable kids, right? Entrepreneurship is unpredictable. You have to have a lot of mindset in the game. Like you have to have your mindset on straight to be able to parent effectively and feel good about your parenting. And it's the same for business. And so I agree with you. I mean, we, I think we can both attest to the fact that it is a gong show. Like you said, like you're in, you're recording right now in your basement and I'm in my clinic because it's too loud at my house. Right. (laughs) Then this is the reality of mompreneurship, I think. And so I love that, that you have always been just a really honest and realistic example of what running businesses as a mom can look like. It's messy, it's hard, but it's super fun Mm -hmm. and it's super fulfilling. And one thing that I wanted to bring up, you mentioned earlier that reminded me businesses like parenting should be value driven, right? So meaning you should be building a business based on what your values are. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you help moms um, kind of tease out those ideas or birth those brain babies to use your own kind of like lingo, right? Yeah. Based on like, what are their most important values? Like, what do you do? How do you help them do that? Absolutely. So, you know, I always start with, you know, stop shooting and that's not a swear word. Well, it is in my household, but stop, stop with the shoulds, right? Oh, my mom thinks I should. My partner thinks I should. My best friend thinks I should. My children think I should. Whatever that should is, that's not the right answer. So it's, it's breaking it down. For me, you know, the whole thing about alignment, it's when you become a mom, your priorities change, right? Undoubtedly, like they have mm-hmm. to change when you become mm-hmm. a parent. Your priorities change. Your lifestyle changes. Your responsibility level Um, you know, your, your ability, you can't just run out to the grocery store and leave the baby at home. Like you have to plan around that child. So when that happens, when you have that transition in your life, your priorities with work also shift, right? So the things that maybe were once important to you might not be anymore. And that's okay. So I always tell moms to like really dig deep because the one thing that will always remain consistent is your values. What do you stand for? Is that helping other people? Is that, you know, creating financial freedom? Is it creating time freedom? Like what are your core, core values? What are the things that are non-negotiable in your life and in your business? And start there because you can pretty much monetize anything, right? You can make a business out of anything. So why start backwards? Why take something and then, you know, forcefully do what isn't aligned Mm -hmm. when you can take what's already inside of you, your values, you know, your passions, the things that are already in you, and then you can go the other way and turn it into a business. Totally. Does that make sense? And have those like, like those values are their priorities at the forefront when you're building it. Right. So if you have a value of, you know, a lot of quality time with your family, how can you build your business 
in alignment with that priority or that value, right? And, and I think that that is so, so important because we live in this world of shoulds, right? Um, mm-hmm. Everybody tells you that you should do this, you should do that. And, and it's really easy when you have self-doubt and you have imposter syndrome to believe that everyone else knows better than you about you and your business. But it's the same transition I think we all go through as moms. When we have that little baby, I think every single one of us goes through a moment where we realize hey, I'm the only one that actually knows what's best for me. It takes some time, mm-hmm. right? It takes some time. And usually that's like a super tumultuous part of early motherhood is realizing that like, no, 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 wait a minute. I'm hearing all these things, but none of that actually works for me. And that's the same process that we go through when we build our business is that there's lots of people telling you how you should do things, but really only you know what's going to work for you and what's going to be aligned. And then finding the people who can help you make it profitable <laughs> is, is part of the key, right? How exactly. can you learn the skills and make the connections to, to, build, to build something that is profitable, which is great. Um, and I love that you said that because connections are a big part of it too, right? It's like, who are you aligning yourself with? right? Because we are the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. And I know we live in a digital space now where, you know, people, especially with, you know, these like forced quarantines and things that are happening at the moment, like it's harder and harder to actually meet up with people in person, but who are you spending your mental energy with? And that could be, what books are you reading? What are you listening to? What podcasts are you listening to? Are you zoning out on, you know, a dumb show on Netflix or are you filling your mind with positive educational things? So like, what are you surrounding yourself with? I saw a meme the other day that really made me giggle. It was like, Oh, we were best friends yesterday. And now you don't know my two year old baby. It's okay to outgrow relationships. It's okay that the same people that used to be your friends, that used to be your support network, that used to be the people you confided in. It's okay Mm -hmm. that they're not anymore. It's okay Mm -hmm. to, you know, allow new people, new energy, new positivity in your space that you want to create because that's what mentors are. That's what coaches are. That's what guides are. You know, if somebody has what you want, if somebody's doing what you would like to be doing, surround yourself with them. Mm -hmm. And whether that's listening to, you know, your podcast or reading their book, if they're an author or whatever it is, like surround yourself with them. And then that will start to trickle into how you show up. Totally. Totally. I see so many people in my office um, about mental health. That's part of, obviously part of one of my specialties. And more often than not, I have to remind them to just expose themselves to good things. I think it's like unfortunate, Mm. this is going to be a bit of a tangent, but I think it's unfortunate that we often go through life every day, every day, every day. And we don't actually, or at least some of us don't make a point of actually exposing our minds to positive things, right? Why not flood yourself with positive uplifting messages from like podcasts and books, right? Instead of constantly drowning yourself in negative stuff and social media drama and all that sort of stuff. Like we have that in that opportunity to be intentional about what we flood our minds with and why not make it good and positive and in a direction that aligns with what you want to do. So exactly. I love that. Yeah. And using, I mean, I've had a couple of coaches now and I love leaning on, you know, women who are doing what I'm trying to do and, and thereby I develop a lot of friendships and a lot of deep connections. Yeah. And because of that, some of my older connections have fallen off and that's okay. Right. I think each person has a, 
a role to play in your life at a certain time. And, and like you said, it's totally okay to move on from, from relationships that might not be in, you know, the service of your goals and your values at this time. So thank you for that. That's super helpful. Um, we spoke again briefly about this before, but mom guilt is huge. So mm. in the moms that I talk to about building businesses, and I'm sure all the moms you talk to about building businesses, the guilt comes up. And I think guilt around building businesses for moms or even just doing any kind of passion project, whether it be write a book, host a podcast, whatever, it takes us away from our kids. And one thing I've heard from moms is like, you know, my business isn't really making a lot of money. So I feel really bad taking time away from my kids to do it. If it's not like a legit business, you know, with air quotes, it's not legit unless you're making, making uh, money, a lot of people think. So what sort of strategies or advice do you have for those moms who might be kind of held back by guilt around starting a business or following mm. their passion? That's such a great question because it, it comes up every day in my business as well. You know, I work exclusively, well, mostly exclusively with moms and it's the number one thing, mom guilt. But I want you to think for one second, if you were leaving the house every morning to go to an office to work, or if you were, you know, put, putting your kids in school or daycare, or, you know, if you were leaving the house to go to work, you still feel guilt. You still feel bad. Oh, I'm leaving my babies. But as soon as you leave, the guilt's gone because you know that you're doing something, right? So I always encourage my clients to, you know, this is work. But on the flip side, if it doesn't, if your work doesn't feel good, if you're not enjoying your work, it doesn't matter if it's making money or, you know, whatever. If, you, if it brings you joy, that's self-care. <laughs> so like repositioning totally. your perspective is, is the key, right? So if you actually love your work, like I do, I'm so passionate about my work. I always say like, it's my favorite space to be in. And, you know, sometimes I bring my kids into that space with me. Sometimes I need, you know, when I'm recording a podcast, I go hide in the basement, for example, because, <laughs> you know, it's okay. But the way I approach it with my kids is I get to go to work now. I get to. Mm -hmm. That's a privilege. That's something I am excited about. It's something that brings me joy. It's something that mommy does for mommy. Mm -hmm. You know, just like the way that you do whatever, mm -hmm. play hockey mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. color or sing or dance or whatever their, their passions are at a young age, because obviously they're still developing them. And I think that's something that they can be proud of. My son asked me the other day, mommy, how many people have you helped today? Aww. And I'm sure you get similar questions, right? Yeah. Like yours are very young still, but you know, how many people have you helped today? What an amazing lesson to teach them, right? So I think when it, it really is, they're little sponges. So it really mm -hmm. is about how you're positioning your work. If it's totally. something that you love to do and it brings you joy, why should there be guilt in that? And if it's the time away from them that's bringing you guilt, then I think it's really important to be very intentional about your time. Instead of being distracted on your phone 100% of the time, they don't understand. You're staring at a little screen and they're like, why are you looking at that instead of me? They don't know that you're you know, saving the world <laughs> in mm -hmm. this little tiny mm -hmm. box that you're mm -hmm. holding. They don't understand that. Even when they're older, even when they're teenagers, they don't understand it, right? It's, it's a different vibe. Like, oh, why are you just sitting there scrolling Instagram? Well, I'm not, I'm working, right? It's, right. Yeah. it's just, it's a perspective thing. So for me, time blocking has been the cure to mom guilt. It's like literally take a chunk of time being super intentional with mediocre things like social media, you know, we all have to do it when we live in a digital space. So be really mm -hmm. intentional. Why are you doing it? What are you going in there to do? And then I set an alarm for 10 minutes 
And if my intention is to, you know, find five more clients or to post something or to engage with my audience or whatever my intention is, I do that. And it's amazing because I set an alarm for 10 minutes and I have to check like three times to see if my alarm's broken because it feels like an eternity. Yeah. Whereas when you go in intentionless, you could scroll for hours and get totally. totally lost in it. And then you're like, whoa, where'd those three hours go? Like I'm supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Supposed to mm-hmm. be yeah. doing something else. So I think just being really intentional with your time. So if you block it, so 10 minutes for social media, and then I usually do like a 20 minute activity with my kids where I put my phone in the other room. I completely ignore any sort of social media. Anything can wait 20 minutes. You know, we're in this world where like everything's instant, instant, instant. Anything can wait 20 minutes. So I put my phone away. I go play with them for 20 minutes and that 20 minutes to them feels like an eternity because I am present, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you're blocking your time, I highly recommend setting alarms because it really just like keeps you accountable to, to those time blocks. And then, you know, being really intentional with how you're spending those time blocks and not multitasking and doing a million things at once. Multitasking is absolutely a swear word and it is the sole cause of mom guilt. Because when you're doing a million things at 20%, yeah, when you're doing like, you know, five things at 20%, when you could be doing one thing at 100% and then the next thing at 100% and the next thing, right? You get so much more done too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think I'm a big fan of examining, you know, what beliefs that your emotions come from. And I don't think this applies to every single mom, but I think some of that guilt, those guilt emotions sometimes come from a belief that we're supposed to be kind of constantly available to our kids at every moment. And that if we're not available to them at every moment, then we're a bad mom, right? And I hear that a lot. Like, well, what if they need me? I was like, well, they'll be okay for an hour, right? So, yeah. so just taking time to be like, when you feel that mom guilt, what is it? What's that underlying belief? Is it that because you, you know, don't feel, you know, that your dreams are, you know, really that worthwhile to spend time on? Because if that's the belief, then maybe we need to do some self-esteem work or we need to, you know, dig into that, why you don't feel like your dreams are worthy. Or maybe it's that you think you have to be, you know, available all the time. Or you're not managing your time properly and you're giving half-assed mm-hmm. everything, which is exactly what yeah. you just said. And I agree 100%. I know for a fact that since I have worked with Sabrina and have been using some of her time blogging strategies, the, the guilt around how much time I'm spending with my kids versus at work versus on my business has almost evaporated because I know that I've blocked off you know, these three hours to do online business because three hours in the evening, I'm going to be with my family completely and totally and not half on my phone and half with them. And they feel that. And I feel that. And the connection is deeper because they know mom's not, you know, like she don't have half of their, half of her attention. So super, super useful strategies. Well, and it's, you know, I studied child psychology and development. That, that's what I have my fancy degree letters in. But I, I used to always say like, I don't use my degree, but I totally do because there's a lot of transferable skills that come from having that knowledge. And one of the main things that I always tell people when it's, you know, kid focused, what we're talking about is that it's scientifically proven that kids need to be bored. Mm-hmm. They need to be bored sometimes. And that doesn't mean like, oh, zoning out on a movie or whatever. Like they need to be able to use their imagination. They need to be able to like touch things that aren't like plastic toys. They need to get outside. They need to like feel the dirt and bark of trees and rocks. And like they need to be bored 
so that they can find ways to entertain themselves. It helps with self-regulation skills and emotions. It helps with, you know, it better sleep, all of these things. And people just think like, oh, I need to entertain my kid constantly or like they're going to be bored and they're going to bug me. And it's amazing watching that shift when a kid finally realizes that they can actually entertain themselves. Oh, totally. And that's every age. Totally. Like the, only, it, the only child that needs you is an infant. Absolutely. No. And I love that. It's yeah. painful. Like I think all of us as moms can attest to the fact that your kids being bored is painful. And, but yeah. I also say that to myself a lot. And I remind my husband of that. It's okay. Let them be bored. Let them be bored right now. Because if I give them, you know, 10 minutes of sitting, being bored and screaming at me, wanting to watch a show and I'm saying, no, go find something to do. And they're bored under the tree. Then they play for like an hour and a half because the play is yeah. of their own imagination. One trick actually just going back to like time blocking and timers timers work really well for moms but they work amazing visual timers for kids it's something I've been using mm -hmm. a lot lately and it's really interesting what I've noticed in my own granted my kids are three and so they're very focused on get watching a show and screen time and we try to have healthy boundaries around screen time which inevitably causes meltdowns and freakouts because they're three mm -hmm. <laughs> and one trick that I've been using now is we'll go to our clock on the wall and I'll say you know when the shorthand reaches this number you can watch a show and without fail the last three weeks that I've done that by the time it gets to nine or whatever the shorthand's supposed to go to she's completely forgotten and they're off playing and doing something totally. amazing but we've made a negotiation that that's when she'll get to watch a show and it works like amazing same with timers like visual timers in general with kids about like bedtimes yeah. in 20 minutes having that one of those apps that counts down has been super helpful this is a complete tangent but nonetheless no, timers are helpful though. and I think all of these things are kind of like strategies that you can use to find time to work on your business because I think that's one of the obstacles that you and I can both agree on that time is one thing that a lot of our um, fellow mompreneurs or aspiring mompreneurs would struggle with to find time. What are some of other than time blocking um, that we've already discussed? Do you have any other kind of tips or strategies around, um, you know, approaching that mindset block, which is I don't have the time to run a business. Mm -hmm. Super common yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, right? We do. And mm -hmm. um, it's just what we choose to do with them. So I always tell my, my clients, Instead of saying, I can't, say, I won't mm -hmm. and see how that makes you feel because sometimes it's good to say no to things, right? It's mm -hmm. a boundary. It's saying no to something that doesn't bring you joy. It's saying no to something that, you know, it isn't for you. So it's okay. But if you say, I won't, and you realize that you're not doing something because you just don't feel like it. Maybe you're lazy, maybe it's too hard or too scary, or there's other blocks in the way, you know, cause you can, you can literally do anything. Mm -hmm. And I, that may sound cliche and cheesy, but it's true. Like you can mm -hmm. literally do anything. I've seen people, you know, with one leg run marathons, like you can right. do anything, you know, our can'ts are literal blocks in our mind. So you can do anything, but do you want to? Mm -hmm. And I think saying, turn, changing that language from I can't to I won't, it really puts a, a new perspective, a new spin on things. So if you say I won't and it feels good, great, don't do it. But if mm -hmm. you say I, I won't and it's like, oh, well, mm -hmm. I should, and why am I, why am I not doing that? And it starts to feel a little bit icky, then it's probably a block. And then you can yeah. start to peel back the layers of that and see like, well, why, why don't I want to do this? Is it because 
it's hard, it's scary, it's, you know, taking away from this, you know, I'm worried about what other people are going to think. And that includes your children. I'm worried Mm -hmm. about the guilt or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? Like start peeling back the layers to see why you, you won't do it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of bringing that awareness to how you're mm-hmm. using your time rather than just like jumping down the I can't path and, and not even examining it. And I think that's where a yeah. lot of women get held up. And because they have, I can't, um, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough knowledge. It's all these like, I don't have enough that we don't even challenge. And I think that's where coaches can come in and be super helpful in challenging those beliefs that we carry around that keep us held back from pursuing all these big, huge, amazing things that we're doing or that we want to do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Which is awesome. So, so time is just a construct is essentially what you're saying, right? Because, and I agree with you is that I've, I mean, look at you with all of the things that you do, look at me with all the things that I do. And I'm pretty sure I don't have 26 hours I have 24, just like you and just like everybody listening to this. And I think that's a really important thing to, to highlight, but also to flip it on the other side, which I know has always been such a big part of your message is to say that you also don't have to do all the things, right? Mm -hmm. Like Sabrina and I don't come on this podcast to brag about how successful we are to make you feel, you know, inadequate, like, right. We don't want anybody listening to think that, you know, if you're not doing all of these things, then you're not measuring up. Um, and I think that that's, that can be no. the double edge of the sword of like, yes, do everything, do chase your passions. It's also okay to say no. And that's where I think you're, I can't, or I won't, um, thing can come up as well is that if that feels good to say, I won't do that. Or, you know, if you have this dream or passion that's hiding inside of you and you're like, yeah, I can't do it. Um, totally just lost my train of thought. You can. You You can. can. Thank you. You can do it. You (laughs) You can can do it, but you don't have to, right? Is I guess what my point was, you can totally do it, but you don't necessarily have to unless you really want to. And it feels really aligned. Exactly. Well, and I think it's, it's just so important that, you know, we, we really dig deep inside of us and there's often blocks around, like you said, money around time, around guilt, around, you know, comparison is a huge one Mm -hmm. like oh well I'm not her if like she's already doing it so why Mm -hmm. would I bother doing it or Mm -hmm. blah 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 like we all get into that competition trap once in a while right but it's really just like staying in your own lane staying focused on what brings you joy and really like the key if you can take one thing away from this conversation it's the multitasking has to go it has Mm -hmm. to go it is like poison and it's funny because Uh, you know this and you know some people who know me know this but my first blog ever which is like 10 years ago was called the multi or not 10 years ago I guess it was like how old's my kid it would have been seven years ago when I met eight years ago oh my gosh anyway it was a long time ago I won't age myself too much but it was a long time ago and I had a blog called the multitasking mom and I at the time only had one little guy and you know it was that's what it was about. It was about being a mom and also doing all the things. Cause I've always been a very, I guess, motivated person. Mm-hmm. So I've mm-hmm. tried a million things, but yeah, it's just, you know, multitasking has to go. The word has to go from your vocabulary. It can't be viewed as a positive thing. Like it has to go. And really it's about becoming intentional. Mm-hmm. You can do all the things that you want to do. Like you said, don't, don't do things because you think you have to. Mm-hmm. And that's where 
the other part of it comes in, like call in the troops, right? Mm -hmm. Call in your village. And if you don't mm -hmm. have a partner, if you're a single mom, if you don't have a big support system, you live away like out of, a, out of the country or whatever that is, find people, find your tribe, find people in the community that you can, you know, swap with for a little bit, get a couple hours in for you, get a couple hours of work time, get a couple hours of like self-care time, you know, find help because you're not expected to do everything alone. And that's in business and in life and in motherhood. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't do mm -hmm. this alone. I have, th I have three coaches, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I do, it's like, it, it seems crazy, but I need different types of support from different people. So I have three coaches, you know, I have somebody who helps with the kids. I have a daycare. I've got school. I've got like my parents, I've got people. I don't mm -hmm. do this alone mm -hmm. and that's okay. And I'm mm -hmm. proud to say that I lean on the people I need to lean on when I need to lean on them. Totally. Like, yes, I wear a lot of hats and I do a lot of things, but I absolutely don't do it alone. And I love that phrase, going back to your multitasking, I love the phrase wearing a lot of hats because mm -hmm. you could wear more than one hat at one time, but it would look really silly. And I think when we talk yeah. about multitasking, we're not referring to having multiple things on the go in your life. So for example, I'm a mom, I have a job, I have an online business, you know, I have a lot of things going on. We're not talking about like the macro level of your life. It's okay to have all those things going on. That's not yeah. multitasking. I think it's micro multitasking that when you're yeah. sitting at your computer, are you also editing a podcast episode and listening to something and responding to emails, right? It's that micro multitasking that I think we're how talking many, about. Yeah, exactly. You know, how, how many tabs are open? Exactly. How many browser windows are open or are you able to focus on one thing at one time? And I think that that really is kind of like the key to freedom and, and less overwhelm mm -hmm. is to focus on just one of those things at one time. It's okay to be multi-passionate. I think you and I can both <laughs> say that we are very multi-passionate. I think I come up with a new idea of something I want to work on all the time, like every week at least. Um, and that's okay. I think that shouldn't be um, you know, buried. I think that should be brought to light, but then just be really, really yeah. intentional about where you're putting your energy in the moment. Right. And what are you focusing on in exactly. the moment? Because I think, I mean, in my previous, uh, work specifically, and I still do it with women with anxiety, I think multitasking only adds to our anxiety because if you're keeping many, many balls oh, yeah. in the air at everyone, at any one time, there's a lot more stress and anxiety, keeping them all up right? So can you Absolutely. be really clear? And that brings us again, right back to time blocking. Can you time block, you know, one hour to work on one thing only <laughs> and not have, you know, this is my business time and I do 17 tasks in this 60 minutes, which is typically how I <laughs> sometimes schedule my afternoons. But, but so, so, so true. And I agree with Sabrina. If you can just get down to one thing at a time, I think that you will find that, um, whether it's building an online business, writing a book, starting a podcast, if you chunk it all down into one thing at a time, it's all very doable and you can do it all. That's awesome. Well, there's a really to, great yeah. book by, oh, there's a really great book by Brian Tracy called Eat That Frog. And I always recommend this to clients because it's about procrastinating. And essentially the premise is, you know, you eat the big ugly frog first. So yeah, if you have a to-do list, instead of multitasking and doing all these things, you pick one thing at a time, but you take down the ugliest, nastiest, <laughs> like most least desired thing first. And then you feel like you've really, really accomplished something mm -hmm. and the rest of them feel easy, right? 
Totally. So it's like taking down that, that hard thing first. And sometimes it's as simple as a phone call we don't want to make. It doesn't have to be hard, meaning like time consuming or, you know, like physical labor or something. Mm-hmm. I just mean hard as in like you've been putting it off and procrastinating because you really don't want to do it. Yeah. Try yeah. doing that first. Yeah. That's totally. always, always helped me. Yeah. Totally. Awesome. But anyways, okay. So um, the next thing I want to ask you is maybe to provide just some advice or strategies for moms who might have that kind of nagging feeling that there's something else they want to be doing. Right. Like, and I think we can all, or at least you and I could probably reflect back to where we're like, huh, motherhood's great. But like, I just feel like there's maybe something else. I can remember that very vividly. What advice do you have for moms maybe sitting in that preconception kind of phase of their business or their podcast or whatever they're doing? for getting a bit more clarity around that idea and teasing that out a little bit. Yes. In order to get clear on something, it's really important to to peel back the layers to get to the the core of it. So, you know, having those values that we talked about earlier, so important. But I also think like you need to be and this might get a little woo, so sorry if you're not super <laughs> woo out there people, but honestly, it's getting on a vibration that is a, a positive place to build from because if you're sitting and here's just like an actual physical example if you're sitting there and your kids are yelling and you're you just looked at your bank statement and you're like my business isn't making any money mm-hmm. and then you're looking at all the things you have to do your to-do list is a mile long and you're just like overwhelm, 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 right? And all these things Mm -hmm. start to like creep in and with overwhelm comes doubt. And then, you know, somebody, your partner comes home and is like, what'd you do all day? And you're just like reeling down this spiral of like negative energy and you start vibrating in a really low spot. Mm -hmm. And guess what happens? Like some people call it karma. Some people call it the universe or God or whatever you believe in. But if you're in a low place, it attracts more low. Mm -hmm. So you need to get yourself out of the low and into a high vibrating place. Sure. Easier said than done. I know that. So what I often do, like we talked about earlier, listen to positive things like podcasts and things that like really inspire you. But one thing that I read this in a New York times article, and I know a lot of uh, coaches that work with it, but it's like creating a ta-da list instead of a to-do list. So like literally writing down all of the amazing things about you essentially writing a resume. I've heard people say this too, like write your resume, even though Mm -hmm. you're not applying for a job, write your resume because you'll be shocked at how amazing you are, (laughs) right? Right? And how Mm -hmm. qualified you are and how skilled you are and how far you've come and everything that you've accomplished and start writing down all of these things. And instead of going, Oh, look at like this, look at Mount Everest. Like how, how am I ever going to get to the top? look down from the top and go, holy cow, I've come so far. Mm -hmm. Like that's amazing. And pat yourself on the back, celebrate the heck out of it and then create from that space. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause that may not like totally go, Oh, and like open up the skies. And now you're clear about everything. And life is like golden and you're going to have $20,000 in your bank account immediately. It doesn't happen like that but it puts you in a higher vibration so that you can start creating from a space of abundance instead of a space of scarcity. Because mm-hmm. when we try to build from scarcity, we create more scarcity. Mm-hmm. When we build from a place of abundance and gratitude and happiness and contentness and all these positive things, it brings more of that. 
totally. the law of attraction, right? Like if you go and read the secret or any of the like base yeah. knowledge yeah, around yeah. the law of attraction, it's real people. It's real. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally. And I love it. And I think what you get from that to list too, is if those are the things that are on your list, those are the things that you probably feel amazing about. And there's probably clues into dig, like dig in there. And I remember doing this exercise with you dig into the places that when you look at that list, it just brings you so much joy. What are you doing in those like accomplishments or whatever you're writing down as your to-do list? Like, are you helping people? Are you serving people? Is that what makes you feel good? Well, maybe you should look at that as an option for your business, right? How can you serve people? Do you love connecting people with resources? Does that really bring you a lot of fulfillment and joy? Maybe that should be a part of your business. Do you like, Mm -hmm. you know, speaking like I do, hence this podcast, right? Then maybe that should be a part of your business, right? And so all of these things, and I say that because I've done this exercise with with Sabrina and it really works. So I'm so glad that's brought you that's what you brought up because that's what I was hoping to share with the listeners is like <laughs> use these exercises that Sabrina is providing you and that I provide throughout the rest of the podcast, you know, on other episodes to apply them to your life and really see what comes out of it because you might surprise yourself. You might find that's how you build your business based around things you love. Instead of saying, I want to create a business that looks like this, like, you know, like somebody else's business and I'm going to morph into that business, create something that comes from inside of you of all the things that you love and you're really good at, right? What are you really good at? What do you love doing, you know, and then build your business around that. Exactly. And my last, last piece of advice is don't focus on the how. Mm-hmm. Every time that word, again, it's a lot about language, right? Like mm-hmm. words are very important and how we talk to ourselves and how, you know, we receive language is a really important piece. So really be intentional about what you say and how you're saying it, but the how don't focus on the how, cause you'll never mm-hmm. know because it's going to change. It's going to the same way with your kids. Don't focus on the how focus on the why being the first thing, you know, why am I doing this? And that's all in relation to the tools that we just provided, Mm -hmm. you know, focus on the, what, what is the thing? Like, what do you even want? What, you know, what is it? And then leave the rest of it, but not focusing on the how, like removing how from the series of events is key because it's like, I always say, you know, set your GPS, right. But be open to recalculating. Totally. Let that GPS guide you because it's still going to get you to the same end goal. It's still going to get you to that location that you've put in there. But if you recalculate, it's for a reason. It's so that you can meet certain people on the way. So you can see the beautiful scenery on this journey, right? Mm -hmm. We've all heard the quote, like it's about the journey, not the destination. Totally. It's true. Yeah. You'll get there. Don't worry about how you'll get there. And it's going to be a beautiful experience. I really love that metaphor of a GPS because I think that can be super helpful in how you feel along the way as well. So for myself, like for a long time, I was defining, you know, my success. If my success was where my GPS was set at, my success in online business, it would be tied to, you know, a financial number or an earning or something like that, right? And when I shifted what my destination was, which was how much personal growth can I get out of my business? Mm -hmm my, how I felt along the way got hugely better, right? When I wasn't constantly like going towards this goal that I really had very little control over. And I just started viewing my success as, well, how much have I grown? Look how far I've come since starting my business. 
it's made a world of difference in my mindset and, you know, the sustainability of my business, the resiliency of my mindset, all these different things. So I think that's super, super important is to be open to changing up how you do things, be open to pivot. And you really only have to know one step in advance, like one step forward, right? Like what's the next step? <laughs> Not like 15 steps in the future. You don't have to know how eventually you're going to do X, Y, and Z for an affiliate program. You just have to know how do I start a website right now? <laughs> like, you know, how do I find, you know, what's the first step I need to take in this place? Because I think, like you said, avoid the hows, because I think how is uh, the doorway to overwhelm in a lot of times Yes, is as soon as you see all the 17 steps ahead of you, it immediately stops you in your tracks and you just can't get past it. Well, and if, if you're at a, a pivotal stage where you need the how, then, and it doesn't bring you joy and it's not exciting and it makes it scary, find someone. Totally. Hire someone, yeah. hire a coach. That's it. That's their field of expertise. Hire a web designer, hire a whatever, a publisher an X, Y, Z, whatever that thing is that's stopping you bring somebody in. Mm -hmm. And if you can't afford to hire somebody, listen to podcasts that teach you how to do that. You know, find like do your due diligence and the, the resources all exist. Like how much value have we packed into this episode <laughs> of this podcast, yeah. right? Like these yeah. are free resources you have access to everything you need at your fingertips. Rachel Hollis always says, you know, I, I don't have a business degree or whatever. I did everything through a Google search bar. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Mm -hmm. You can find anything you need in this big World Wide Web. And if you need support, it's there. There's so yeah. much support out there, right? Those people, I, like the yeah. people you, the sum of the people you spend your time with, they're, they totally. exist. I think that's mm -hmm. the the kind of secret. I mean, you and I have spoken about before that the secret to a successful business is mindset. And I think the second second secret is that yes, everything's online, but what you'll learn is that execution alone is really hard, <laughs> right? Having somebody show up every single week almost for, you know, for navigating and um, troubleshooting and all that. That's where the real value is, is finding somebody who can help you navigate all of the resources because there are so many resources and just having that support. Like motherhood yeah. is lonely. <laughs> Entrepreneurship is lonely. And there's a whole lot of moms wanting to build businesses. So we should be just like capitalizing, not capitalizing, but we should be using this and, and connect and, and, um, and rely on each other and learn from each other, which is awesome like we just did, yes. which was awesome. Okay, mm -hmm. Sabrina. Well, I like, we could talk forever and ever, but I don't think that, <laughs> know, would, be, <laughs> that would be in the best interest <laughs> for our podcast episode. So I'm going to ask you to just let um, the listeners know where they can find you. Of course, all of this will be in the show notes as well, but if you could just let them know how they can connect with you and where they can find you, that would be awesome. Absolutely. I'm YGT Mama. So that's M-A-M-A -A across the board. So easy peasy. And I hang out mostly on Instagram, but yeah, Facebook, website, all of it, it exists. I'm out there. <laughs> awesome. Yes. So that, like I said, that will be in the podcast show notes and thanks so much for listening. We will catch up with you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get updated each week when a new episode is released. Have comments or questions about this episode? Reach out to me on either Instagram or Facebook at Carly Crew or through my website at CarlyCrew.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could share it with someone you love or snap a screenshot and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can say hello. As always, remember, you're meant for more mama and there's nothing wrong with that.